Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 319. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, we're going to talk about two types of millionaires and which one I agree with most. But first, if you're new to the show, please hit the subscribe button so you'll get all of the podcasts as soon as they're uploaded. And this episode is sponsored by Audible. It's the way I read more books and stay ahead of the curve. Audible is, of course, the easiest way to read books because all you have to do is just listen like you are right now. There are over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And your first audiobook is free. Just visit audibletrial.com forward slash be wealthy and smart. That's audible trial, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L.com forward slash be wealthy and smart. I love to bring articles to you that I usually agree with. And this article was very interesting to me because it did a little research, which I love to show you research and results of surveys and studies about the wealthy and millionaires. But I also have my own experience and my own opinions about what I think really works and what has really worked in my life. So this was really interesting because part of the article I agreed with and part of the article I didn't agree so much with. So I'm going to go through this article with you and we're going to talk about this study about rich people and their two habits that help them build wealth. This appeared on Business Insider and was written by Thomas C. Corley. Apparently, he spent five years interviewing rich people. He found that there are two types of self-made millionaires, those who took a risk and those who displayed good habits over time. Those who had good habits tended to do a lot of the same things that helped them build wealth. So the article goes like this. In my five-year rich habits study, I found that self-made millionaires fall into two categories, risk-takers and savers. Self-made millionaire risk-takers are individuals who take some risk in the pursuit of wealth. They are typically business owners, entrepreneurs, aggressive investors in stocks or real estate, or they create some product or service that is so unique they are able to demand a significant premium in return for it. Self-made millionaire risk-takers were among the wealthiest in my study, with an average net worth of $7.4 million. Being a risk-taker is only for the bold and courageous. It's the high-risk path to wealth accumulation. It requires courage, persistence, cunning, and a hardcore work ethic. It's not for everyone. I'm going to stop right there. (laughs) Okay, first of all, he did the study. He found these two different types, the self-made risk-takers and the savers. But due to his own bias, he is now putting a judgment on the risk takers that it requires all this extra stuff like courage, persistence, cunning, a hardcore work ethic, almost making it seem like it's nearly impossible for people. And I think that is, again, his own personal bias that's being overlaid on this great information that he got. So I don't agree with 
the way he's describing this or how he's saying these people have to be in order to be risk takers, I completely disagree. So I just want to make that point before we go on, because now he's going to put a halo over savers and tell you why savers are much better. The article goes on, self-made millionaire savers accumulate their wealth by living below their means, saving money, and then investing that money prudently. According to my Rich Habits research, this path to multimillionaire status takes about 32 years. Time out. It takes 32 years to become a millionaire in this way. If you've been listening to the podcast for any amount of time, you know my six steps to wealth you know that compounding is imperative to wealth building. And if you're just a saver and not a compounder, it is going to take you 32 years or longer to get to wealth. So that's why there's such a huge difference between the people that compound, which are his, quote, risk takers, versus his, quote, savers. The difference comes out in the time that it takes to get to financial independence. Because money and wealth building is really made up of only three things. How much you have to invest, how much time you have to invest, meaning how many years you have to invest and compound. And number three is the compounding rate that you're building wealth at. So those are the only three components of wealth building. So if you're going to not invest and compound at a high rate, it's going to take you much longer time-wise. And that's exactly what his study found, 32 years to be exact. The article goes on to say, Savers typically are risk-averse, employed most of their lives, and have a low or moderate standard of living. Self-made millionaire savers were among the least wealthy in my study, with an average net worth of $3.4 million. But being a saver is the risk-free way to building wealth. It's the safe path to wealth accumulation. It requires discipline, diligence, and adhering to a low to modest lifestyle. In my study, I found that all savers have a specific money mindset. Below are some of the top money strategies self-made millionaire savers have. Okay, before I go on to those mindset, I just want to point out that again, he's putting his own bias on this study and putting a halo on the savers because that happens to be with the part that he agrees with, which is fine as long as you understand it will take 32 years to reach that goal. If that is okay with you, then understand that's the path that you're on if you're going to be on the saver path. I'm not saying that the risk takers have to take undue risk, unnecessary risk, or uncalculated risk. You certainly want to minimize your risk as as much as possible and be cautious when caution is warranted. But I'm just pointing out that he did a great study. He found these two different types, but yet is completely siding with one type and almost ignoring the more successful type, which just doesn't make sense to me. But it's a personal bias of the writer, in my opinion. But he did great research. So I really appreciate the fact that he put all this together and has some great research. Now I'm going to go on and share these seven mindsets that he says savers have. Number one, they establish saving goals early in their lives. 94% of the self-made millionaires who became rich by saving money saved 20% of more of their net pay or their net income. They did this early in their work lives long before they accumulated their millions. With your first paycheck, get into the habit of saving something, 10% or 5% or even 1%. 
The point is to set some savings goal and stick with it. This creates the savings habit. The ultimate goal, if you want to become a self-made millionaire, is to save 20% or more of your net pay and prudently invest those savings. Through the power of compounding, your savings and investments will grow over time. Well, finally, I agree with him wholeheartedly on this one. You should save 20%. That's step two to wealth, saving a nest egg. And you should be investing in compounding. And that's step four and five of the six steps to wealth. So I do agree with him in this step. He got it all right. And I agree with everything he said here. Step number two, they are frugal. I've been studying the daily habits of the rich and poor since 2004. I've gathered an enormous amount of data on both groups. 67% of the rich in my study said they were frugal. To them, frugal meant spending their money wisely. It meant buying quality items or services at bargain prices. Most of the wealthy in my study were raised by poor parents or middle-class parents who made a point of instilling in them good habits. Being frugal was one of those good habits they learned from their parents and that they took with them in their adult lives. Looking for value and quality makes you frugal. Being frugal will not make you rich, but it does mean you'll keep more of your money as your purchases are driven by quality and price. All right, I have to stop here and say I disagree with some of what he's saying here. I absolutely agree that you want quality and value and to stretch your dollars farther But that does not equate with frugality. It does not. It equates with spending priorities. It equates with shopping smart. It's the reason why many people who shop at Costco are millionaires, because they're getting a better deal for buying volume. They're stretching dollars, but they are not living a meager existence. They are not living in a shed. They are not living so frugally that they don't go out at night. They're not living that frugal, meager existence that to me are synonymous. Frugality is not buying quality at a discounted price. That's not frugality. That's being smart with your money. Frugality to me is foregoing living in a lot of cases because you don't want to spend money. So you don't want to go have a nice evening because you don't want to spend money because you're being quote frugal. Whereas someone who is smart with money might go to happy hour or might go to a matinee to see a movie. Those are smarter money moves and being smart with your money is what we're all about here. Being frugal and couponing and that kind of thing is not what we're all about and not what he's described here, but he's calling it frugal. So I totally disagree with this being called frugal. This is just being smart with money and stretching your dollars farther, which is different than having a meager existence. All right, the article goes on to say, Number three, they avoid lifestyle creep. Lifestyle creep is increasing your standard of living in order to match your increased income. It is a common habit among many who suddenly find themselves making more money. The rich habit is to forego the desire to spend your money today and instead sock it away into savings and investments that grow in value and provide financial resources that can be used in the future to maintain your standard of living. Once you spend your money, it's gone. When you hit a bump in the road, such as a job loss, you are then forced to sell your stuff. If the stuff you purchase depreciated in value, you get pennies on the dollar. One of my older and wealthier friends explained to me his rule for financial success. Same house, same spouse, same car. 
And that actually comes from uh, the Millionaire Next Door book, which we've already podcasted that phrase on uh, on this podcast, and he should be giving credit to the actual author who wrote that phrase. There's a lot of wisdom in those words. What they really mean is that no matter what good fortune visits you in life, do not change your standard of living. Don't supersize your life by buying things that you don't really need. Live a modest life and forge the rich habit of delayed gratification, putting off what you want today so you can have something to fall back on in the future. I agree with this point that lifestyle creep is something that people can fall into. They can buy a house they can't really afford, cars they can't really afford, trying to look wealthy is an issue. So I agree pretty much with what he's saying here that you want to continue to invest and grow money, compound, hello, and uh, it goes along pretty much with my six steps to wealth and what I've been sharing with you on this podcast. Number four, they make their money invisible. Making your money invisible means putting it away to work for you immediately before you see it in your checking account and are tempted to spend. It's also called automating your savings. Open up a savings account. Every time you get paid, immediately move a specific amount of your net pay into a savings account. This will force you to spend only what you have in your main checking account. Yeah, I like that. And I like it even better if you had automatic savings coming out and going into the stock market, if you had it going into your 401k, and if you had it going into an IRA, or if you had it outside of a retirement plan and had it just going into a mutual fund, or possibly even into ETFs, if you could do that through a brokerage account. So yes, make your money automatic. Totally agree with that. Number five, they keep their expenses low. Self-made millionaires who made their millions by saving money were fanatics when it came to keeping their expenses as low as possible. Here are some of the strategies to follow. Don't spend more than 25% of your monthly net pay on housing. It doesn't matter if you own or rent. Don't spend more than 15% of your net monthly pay on food. Don't spend more than 10% of your monthly net pay on entertainment. This includes bars, movies, restaurants, etc. Don't spend more than 5% of your monthly net pay on auto loans or auto leases. Don't spend more than 5% of your net annual pay on vacations. Never gamble. If you're going to gamble on the lottery, it comes out of your entertainment budget. Stay away from accumulating credit card debt. If you are using credit cards to meet your living and household expenses, by definition, you are living above your means. Always invest your savings prudently. Never gamble your savings on get-rich-quick schemes. There's no such thing. The power of compounding can grow your savings and make you wealthy. Start saving $250 a month over 40 years, and it will produce $500,362 at a 5% return. Max out your contributions to your company retirement plan. If the company matches your contributions, great. That's free money. Always take free money when you can get it. Well, he goes into a lot of percentages there. I'm not going to agree or disagree with those. I'm just going to let them stand as they are, that those are his suggestions. Number six, they avoid spendthrift friends. One of the hallmarks of the self-made millionaires is the conscious effort they make to associate with like-minded individuals. If someone they're close to is a spendthrift, they avoid them like the plague. If someone they're close to is conscientious with their money, they increase the amount of time they spend with them. If you want to adopt good money habits, you need to associate with individuals who possess those habits, and you need to disassociate yourself from those who do not. If all of the close associations you make in life share your desire to live below your means, it is highly probable their good money habits will become your good money habits. Well, I agree with that. You kind of become what you hang around with, so I agree with that one. 
And lastly, he says they marry well. One of the reasons self-made millionaires are millionaires is they marry well. They find a spouse who shares their money values and money habits. Because they are on the same page when it comes to money, they function as a very efficient team when it comes to saving money, spending money, and investing their money. End of article. All right, well, I don't want to belabor the point, but just suffice it to say that I agree with some of the things in this article and disagree with some of the things in the article. I think there's some very good information in there, but I'm going to stick with my usual things that I say, that the six steps to wealth are really how someone becomes wealthy if they are careful with their money, if they are smart with their money, they can certainly make that happen for themselves sooner. But I don't think that the frugality and saving model is the smartest way to wealth. I think the investing compounding model is going to get you a lot farther, a lot faster on your way to wealth. I'll leave a link to the article on my website and in the show notes so you can read the whole article for yourself. You can review all those percentages that I went over very quickly to see if you agree with them or want to put those into practice in your life. And that is at lindapjones.com on the website or again in the show notes for the podcast. Hey, have you heard I'm having a summer giveaway? And that is ending very soon. I'm giving away the Wealthy Mindset Blueprint audio course where you learn how millionaires think the right thoughts for wealth before it happens for you. And the value is $197. Or you could win a wealth journal, learn the six steps to wealth and get my wealth mini course valued at $67. All you need to do is leave a review for the Be Wealthy and Smart podcast on iTunes or if you have an Android on Stitcher. Like my Facebook fan page at Linda P. Jones fan page on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Linda P. Jones and then send me an email. Let me know you did all that at lpjhome at gmail.com. Names will be drawn in early October and winners will be announced. So good luck. I hope you win. And if you're looking to get your net worth moving in the right direction, get my 11 quick financial tips to boost your wealth. There are 11 quick things anyone can do to get to financial independence sooner. That's at lindapjones.com. That's all for today. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.